Consumer Watch with Wendy Nola. Hello, Wendy lady. Hello, Darren. Good to be with you again. Good to be with you. It is a Thursday. All consumer issues. What is on our radar today? Quite a few things, starting with the issue which I can't ignore, and that is we can now go to church as long as there aren't more than 50 of us in the congregation worshipping. And that's left a lot of other industries going, hold on a minute. Most importantly, um, the Restaurant Association of South Africa. I spoke to their CEO, Wendy Albert, who's been um, incredibly proactive and active on behalf of her members of the last uh, two, three months. Um, she is livid on behalf of her members. Um, they've sent mm. a letter of demand to government via um, the tourism minister to say, whatever analysis you did that led you to the conclusion that it was okay for people to worship in groups of no more than 50, we would like you, we, the industry that is on our knees, that has complied with everything you've thrown at us, and as a result, we're on our knees, uh, we would like you to apply that same evaluation process to us. Because Mm. she says, we proved just before lockdown when they were already so restricted in terms of opening hours and the number of people allowed, and etc. We've got the registers, we've got the sanitizing we've mm. got the physical distancing our tables are natural enforced. barriers exactly and she said and now you've got people worshipping singing dancing whatever in traditionally cr- close proximity we would like you to be fair if that's allowed please apply the same analysis and same evaluation to us she says you know we've got 800,000 people who need to come to work and she said yes they're allowed to do deliveries at great cost she says but those are have always been marginal elements of their business. They cannot get up off their knees just doing that. They need to, and they cannot solve the problem of trying to um, survive and pay their rents, etc., and their staff just doing that. So interesting one to see how that pans out. When I was chatting about this to a colleague just now, they said, oh, well, legal action, all that hasn't helped anyone with the government's decrees, thinking of cigarettes, exactly, etc. But um, certainly in, with regards to the removals industry, remember the easy move into court and yeah. long story short, that they were allowed to operate in level four, whereas before it was only from level three. So let's see what luck the restaurant industry has there but I'm, I mean all of us have had discussions with friends family colleagues uh, since yesterday on this mm. what on earth you know what led to the churches getting that right when yeah. everyone else has been screaming and dying and pleading for for weeks and months it's a very interesting one because um you're right there's a whole bunch of industry out there which is really really struggling everyone's been doing what's been told of them and when legislation like this comes out that is very clearly not what uh, the constraints seem to be for level three the moment you argue against it you uh you know if you're for it then it's all great that you're a part of the flock and if you argue against it then you you're obviously an atheist of sorts whereas we want to just apply some logic to this thinking i think that is what the restaurant association is trying to do exactly and ross is saying exactly that she said this is not anti-church at all we're not having a go at at the churches we're just saying level the playing field if you're allowing it for them we want to know why and apply the same to us because by their reasoning if the church can open for business so to speak with um, up to 50 people then so can the restaurant business which is what they desperately need at this stage obviously not forgetting that we are operating in a pandemic and that all the necessary protocols need to be adhered to so interesting one indeed um i've tried to scrutinize the regulation as well i'm trying to figure out when um, our president made the announcement on tuesday evening um i was inundated with the question does this mean we can now go visit our 
family because surely my group my family of three can go visit my extended family of two or three um, if the legislation allows for 50 strangers together in one place um, however I can't find that I can't find that on level because that's so, not allowed and that's what is is um, lighting up social media um, you know I can I can go and worship with 49 other strangers relative strangers but I can't visit my mom and dad level three so wendy yeah it stands to reason that if you have some massive um sterilization booth certainly outside public transport that that would be um you know uh, that would be helpful to society but you're saying not well not me exactly um i first uh, started reading about this thanks to uh, dr lucia annelich uh, who've had on the show many times in connection mm. with many microbiological issues including listeriosis so she's a she's an ace microbiologist she's very in touch with the microbiology community around the world and she put out a newsletter a few days ago as um saying that she was very concerned about these disinfectant spray booths. Um, and uh, she was heartened to see that uh, she's in very good company. The World Health Authority uh, last week issued an advisory saying that the spraying of people with disinfectants in booths or chambers or uh, tunnels, whatever they called, was, quote, not recommended under any circumstances. So, as I said, we've got uh, two of those um, tunnels erected at um, uh, two car train stations, Hatfield and Midrand, as a trial. A lot of uh, media fanfare around that. And I see some private schools, at least one in um, Gauteng, and I'm sure many others, has uh, erected a, a, a booth for its learners when they go back um, next week. Um, obviously, there's a lot of marketing going on, on around these, um, and they've got a, a market as more and more of us go back to work and back to school, you mm. know, there's, there's a lot of um, fear um, around contracting COVID-19. So people who are marketing these tunnels, obviously, are, are, you know, the marketing is falling on extremely fertile ground. But why, mm. you may ask, why does the, why does the WHO and people like uh, Dr. Yes. Annelich say it's not a good idea. Okay, so the WHO says this practice could be physically and physiologically harmful and would not reduce an infected person's ability to spread the virus through droplets really? or contact, which is how it's spread. 90% of transmission has been found to be person to person, right? Through droplets, talking, sneezing, coughing, whatever. Not from surface, not from doorknobs and keypads and that sort of thing. And the WHO says even if someone who is infected with COVID-19 goes through a disinfection tunnel or chamber, as soon yeah. as they start speaking, coughing, sneezing, whatever, they can still spread the virus. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so Lucia calls it hyper-sanitizing. She says, it mm. is sanitizing beyond all reason. My colleagues in Ireland, Germany, and New Zealand are astounded. That when I mm. told them about it, they, they couldn't believe it. She said, um, there's no evidence to suggest that people outside of healthcare settings should be totally disinfectant. Yeah. Uh, disinfected, rather. She said, there's also concern about the type of disinfectants used, their concentration, yeah. whether they were um, formulated for use on bodies as opposed mm. to surgery. And she's particularly concerned for people um, like commuters and school kids that would have to go through more than once a day these tunnels. Yeah. Um, 
and you know it affects particularly could affect uh, people with asthma um yeah. dermatitis and those sort of things it goes to the mucous membranes of the eyes and the nose whatever even if you're mm. wearing a mask it's still in your face so to speak um so <laughs> i went to the heart train management agency with the views of of dr annelich and um uh, the world health organization yeah and they said well yes they this was a voluntary thing that they've done uh, on a trial basis and in addition to all the things that they have to do such as insist that the passengers wear masks um, apply physical distancing in the trains themselves so certain mm. seats are cordoned off and they obviously have to sanitize the stations regularly um, every day um, they put these booths up because they said they not only spray them but they also take the temperatures and anyone who has their temperatures taken uh, anyone who's temperatures is too high won't be allowed to travel but of course you don't have to yeah. do that in a disinfectant booth you can do it as many other companies are doing with a handheld uh temperature thermometer. thing but there's yeah. a thermometer that's the word i was looking for <laughs> um but so this disinfectant mist says heart train management um it, it's it comes from both sides of the booth um spraying a fine mist onto the body and clothes of passengers from the shoulders down now i mean if you and i had to go in one after the other darren your shoulder heart is not exactly my shoulder heart so i don't know how that exactly works yeah. but um anyway they're saying it's sabs approved it's non-hazardous it's suitable for industrial and home use lucia says yeah but is that um on surfaces or on people not sure about yeah. that but heart train management did say the guidance from the world health organization on disinfectant tunnels has been noted quote unquote and will be part of our consideration of the yeah. use uh, of booths going forward yeah so when i saw them come about. out i i I thought to myself, I immediately thought this is really, really a bit silly for two reasons. You know, everything that you've just stated and that it gives you a false sense of security. If exactly. you are, uh, if you have the virus, uh, uh, the moment you talk or cough, it's it's out. But if you've walked through the booth in the morning, I'm fine, I'm safe. I don't wear my mask. I can touch and hold people. Yeah. I can hug. We did the sanitation. So I don't see any positives from that. Yeah. Uh, that if if you, especially if you bear in mind the bottom bottom line here is that is um, how the transmission is happening as all the evidence hmm. is pointing to it it's not it's just 10% from contact and 90% what you've just talked person about to the, the person yeah. to person stuff yeah so overkill as as lucia says um hyper sanitizing hmm. and yeah. uh, without justification in her view as an allied um thing um there and i don't know if you've been seeing on social media people complaining hmm. about um going into stores and having something other than um hand sanitizer being sprayed yes. in their hands that it smells very strong it's bleachy some people have said it's left what um marks on their clothes pointing to the fact no. that it's bleach or chlorine based um i went to shop right the shop right group on this cuz checkers and shop right kept being named on twitter mm. and they've said absolutely not um we don't use anything other than alcohol and qac which is quaternary ammonium compounds mm. in our sanitizers we apply with all the regulatory and legislative legislative requirements um and they audited and they do test trips to see that it's not too concentrated and all the rest the directive has been 
to all our stores has been to never use any form of bleach and should any of our stores be found doing so steps will immediately mm. be taken to correct this practice and I think what may be happening or well, there may be stores that aren't following the rules but equally especially if you go into a mall Darren I did my weekly outing yesterday I had to go to my chemist and a few other stores and I probably had my hands and I'm not very I don't have a particularly sensitive skin but I probably had yeah. my hands sprayed between ins and outs maybe five or six times in a short yeah space of time yesterday afternoon and my hands were feeling pretty grim at the end of that so it's just mm. it could just be that you know we're not we're not meant to have that amount of chemical on our hands and that concentration you know in such a short space of time and that yeah. you know yeah. it's a, it's inevitable that we will not feel so great afterwards so but as again again it may be that some stores are putting stuff on our hands that really weren't meant for hands well, um, as far as the, the spraying tunnels is concerned, I hope that our authorities have a look at all the information that's coming through. I think everyone around the world, including uh, WHO and uh, the NICD, all, are all aware that this is a moving target and things change day to day, hour to hour, month to month. And I hope they're not tied into unnecessary contracts that make them you know, have to put those booths up because they do seem counterproductive and not not really um, a solution. So I, I, I hope you'll get on their case about that one, Wendy. Well, I'm, get away with I'm definitely going to follow it up. And, and, and to be clear, I mean, it's obviously costing them money. So they, they're mm. investing in something they think is for their learners or their commuters' benefits. It's costing them mm. to give credit. It's just that, you know, it may be a little misguided and it's important to follow the science on it um, and, and um, take appropriate steps based on on that evidence and not just go by the marketing spiel of the company that wants that wants to sell you this disinfectant uh, or tunnel well uh, i'll wait for our, our update next week uh thursday which will be four days into level three of lockdown and i'm sure you'll have a lot of consumer issues to talk about so many briefings between <laughs> now and then darren so many <laughs> chat then thank you wendy okay bye